which brings me to the first essential of weight loss mastery, which is being kind and honest, kind and honest. And mostly people choose one or the other. Number two is really getting like, not just theoretically, but experientially that you're always saying no to something, right? You're always saying no to something. So either with the most extreme examples, you're saying no to your health and yes to the extra large pastry, or you're saying no to the extra large pastry and yes to your health. I'm Philippa. In this podcast, me and my generous guests delve deep into the world of menopause. Buckle up and get ready to embark on a journey of empowerment and self-discovery as we embrace the change. Welcome to Moving Through Menopause. Hello, Philippa. It's such a pleasure to be here with you. Welcome to Moving Through Menopause. It's wonderful to have you. It's such a treat to be here with you and your tribe. Thank you. Well, we're talking today all about weight management. And sometimes I, I feel, you know, this is a sensitive topic. And I, and I do want to deal with this sensitively because it is really about optimal health and what is optimal for health. And, and to be honest, your body mass does have a bearing on our health. And that's really the thing that I'm concerned that people have this optimal experience of life, heart health brain health, you know, as much as we can nourish the body with food and movement, obviously, that's my thing. So, so where shall we begin? What about we start with the essentials? How about that? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the five essentials of weight mastery. Yeah. Well, the first essential, absolutely. Starting there is great. The first essential really pairs nicely with one of the one of the things that you just said is that you know weight can be a sensitive subject right and a lot of people and a lot of women in particular have a lot of stuff around weight to say the least right and so one of the things i like to ask people and then we'll talk about the five essentials is do you know what weight needs and in, in so, Philippa, do you know what weight means? Oh, well, I mean, it's a number that comes up when we stand on the scale. Right. Yeah, right. It's a number that comes up when we stand on that scale. And really what it is, is mass times acceleration, right? Weight equals mass times acceleration. But how many people relate to the number they see on the scale? Like maths times acceleration, right? Definitely not a part of most people's relationship to the scale, right? Which brings me to the first essential of weight loss mastery, which is being kind and honest. Kind and honest. And mostly people choose one or the other, right? And, And how that might play out is, someone decides they're going to be kind. They're not going to look at what they're doing and not doing. They're not going to look at the scale. They're, maybe they're not even going to look at their labs, right? They're, they're just not going to look because they've been brought up in a, in a world that really collapses morality with this area of their life, right? So good and bad being two of the key words of morality. Right. And so being kind means I'm not going to look because I'm done beating myself up. 
I'm done, you know, feeling ashamed or, or all the different things that people, someone might say about how they feel when they step on the scale or start to really pay attention to what they're doing or not doing. So people will choose to be kind and not look or be honest and look. Right. And on it's more often. Maybe initially it won't start out, you know, beating oneself up. But, you know, once someone jumps on the whole 30, it's just a matter of time in my experience before it turns into an exercise, you know, self-abuse. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. So there is a journey. And to me, it's really an essential piece of mastering one's relationship with their body, relationship with food, and therefore their weight over time is mastering an ability, cultivating an ability to be kind of honest. So, yeah, I mean, this is just such a minefield, isn't it? But the more that we can delve into what makes us tick and as you say, approach it with kindness and yes, honesty at the same time, because it doesn't really serve us to bury our head in the sand when it comes to our health, you know, and on lots of different levels. So yeah, I, I totally concur with what you've just said. And I'd be intrigued to hear about number two. Yeah. Right. Number two is really getting like, not just theoretically, but experientially that you're always saying no to something. Right. You're always saying no to something. So either with the most extreme examples, you're saying no to your health and yes to the extra large pastry, or you're saying no to the extra large pastry and yes to your health. Right. But re- in reality, you are always saying no to something. And in, in fact, if you think about the totality of our options at any given moment, we're saying no to almost everything except for the one referring at the moment, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's so very true, isn't it? And yet it's, it, it is that idea that we compartmentalize these decisions so that we can continue to, to what's the word, hoodwink ourselves. Is, is that? Yeah. That's good. Well said. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, you know, really just getting that our actions produce outcomes. And if we can tap into what outcome are we being a yes or a no to, right? Almost like practice time traveling. That can be a really useful habit to develop, right? What's the likely outcome of this? And it can be short term. Okay, I'm going to feel bloated. I'm going to feel gross. I'm going to really feel, you know, ashamed or, or not feel proud of myself, right? Whatever it is, or on the flip side, I could make this other choice and I'll feel so proud of myself and my digestion will work just fine and I'll sleep well or, you know, whatever comes mm. with it, right? But doing that time traveling. So yes, number two is we're always saying no to, no to something. Number three, the number three essential of mastering this area is getting very clear on your intention for your health and your life. And another way of saying that, Philippa, is getting very clear on your what and your why. And it's actually an exercise I take people through that I call creating your vision of vitality. 
And what this includes is doing a little bit of time traveling to a five-year future and actually, you know, putting fingers to keyboard, pad to paper, and writing down, if you could just click your heels and make it happen however you would like, what would that five-year future look like? You know, with your health and vitality as you intend and desire they occur. And not just look like, oh, you know, these are the clothes I'm wearing, but look like experientially. Mm -hmm. You know, what's it like to walk down the street and have the level of strength in my body I'm committed to and the level of confidence in my body I'm committed to? And really just, you know, show up as my best self. What's that like? And then on the flip side, five years I'm traveling downward spiral, Um, You know, yeah, yeah, right. Ooh, you know, what what would that be like? But the truth is we all make change out of a combination of the carrot dangling and the stick on the back. You know, what's the future I desire and what's the future that makes me, gives me heart palpitations, right? (laughs) Right. And, And so really looking at that is part of the process And while I say it's creating your intention for your health and your life, I really think a better way to say that might be something like uncovering or discovering, right? Because it's in you already. And it's just kind of like, you know, brushing everything away so you can see the shine of what your real true intention is. And, you know, not just creating our intention or, or discovering our intention for our health and our life, but also staying connected to it. Because, you know, the truth is getting out of bed and moving or making the choice to fuel your body with something that is nutrient dense that might take a little more time and thought to prepare versus the easy option. Those take something, right? It takes Mm. something to cultivate those habits. And so... The only way in my experience people really triumph is when they're very clear and connected to their why. Why why would I? Why would we on You know? Yeah. Yeah, that, that's exactly it, isn't it? And and I, I love what you said about feeling confidence in your body because that feeling is a fabulous feeling. But but it's it can be a bit difficult to sort of imagine, if you like, because we you know, we are in the in that presence, aren't we? You know, we are where we are. And to see yourself outside of that, I suppose one way is to think of other people that you know, perhaps, who you see them and you, you admire the way in which they hold themselves as posture. You know, everybody says, oh, she was so upright. Or, you know, oh, look at that, that person balancing on one leg and reaching down. So, you know, we can, I suppose... If we can't see it in ourselves, we can appreciate it in others and then sort of think, oh, yeah, I I wouldn't mind a bit of that. Absolutely. Well said. Well said. Yeah. And we all have mentors in our life, right? And so some of it, and I bet a lot of your your viewers are mentoring others, right? They are actually in certain areas of their life, right? They're the expert. They're, Mm -hmm. you know, people are looking up to them and saying, how do you do that? You know, whether it's professionally or as a parent or as a spouse or whatever it might be, right? And so the same thing applies to this area of our lives. If we can find someone who the way they are in their body or the way they care for themselves or 
the way they relate to food and movement and all of the wonderful things that we can do to elevate our health. Those are, those are great mentors to have. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. So have we got to five yet? I'm not sure. Well, we hit number three. Yeah, I know. Right. Number four is automate for excellence, right? Automate for excellence really means we're not reinventing the wheel, you know, and you can see this with movement. It, It might be as simple as, okay, these are the days I do these types of movements and these are the days I do the other types of movements, right? And, but not reinventing the wheel every single day really goes a long way. And the automation isn't just around movement and nutrition. It's also around our environment. You know, knowing what works well in our environment and doing that habitually goes a long way. It can be as simple as when you walk into your kitchen, are you looking at fruits and vegetables on your counter or are you looking at, you know, cookies and sweets and, you know, Things like that, that you find hard to resist, but you also know aren't going to forward your health if you're not consuming them in moderation or intentionally, right? Mm -hmm. And so automating your environment is part of it. Automating, you know, I have some people who automate the nights they go out to eat, right? We're going to eat out these nights or we're going to order in these nights and we're going to make food the other nights or or automating the days they go to the grocery store or how they get their groceries. Is it being delivered or are they, you know, but figuring out what works and just in duplicating that so that you're not stumped every time you encounter the challenge called what am I going to eat or when am I going to move or whatever the case may be. Yeah, no, no, I mean that that automation, it's all it's all over everything, isn't it, at the minute? So, you know, why not make lives easier by as much as, you know, what is a routine? I mean, you're going to eat at three meals every day, probably, maybe two, you know, and so so this is coming. It's not a surprise. Unless Well said, isn't that so funny though, Philippa? I, I don't know about you, but I know myself there have been times where like I'm, I'm, I'm shocked. I need to fuel my body. How could I be hungry? Oh, wait, this happens every day. (laughs) Well, I think I've got the automation down, actually, you know, routine. I'm I'm the queen of routine and uh, my children will tell you that ever since they were tiny toddlers, you know, we, we've had routines and we've had the the way that we do things and, and I still do it now. It's very much automated. So, you know, the decision then is taken away from this, isn't it? And, and especially at times when we might be getting the, the messaging system, you know, firing off, you know, and, and so when we've had challenges, when we're trying to overcome the challenges of, of cravings or, you know, these messages going off, having something just ready there that we can really rely on in those circumstances can really make all the difference rather than making the poor choices, I suppose, or the, or the less ideal option. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Absolutely. The one, the one that doesn't transport us to that place that we've, we've visualized and, you know, visualization as you, as you thought, it's such a powerful tool, isn't it? So it's a really, as much as we can flesh out that image of 
of what we want our future to be like, look like, feel like, smell like even. The more that we can flesh that, the better. And and then, you know, uh, have a photograph of this. If you've seen it in a magazine and you think, oh, yes, that that's where I want to be going with this. You know, and then what? Where are we? Number five is, is number five. One more. What more? Number number five coming up here, and that fifth one is you actually pointed to it earlier, Fleba, and that's you know around the mentoring, right? Actually, find someone if you are struggling with this area over and over and over again. If it's been years or decades of what I like to call the weight loss roller coaster, you know. Work with someone who can help you, right? Find someone who you trust, who's a good fit for you and your needs, who you feel like is going to, you know, be a great partner in guiding you and authoring your journey. Because this journey really is one that is self-authored, but authored with input, right? Input from people who are who are experts in different fields. And, and there are, in this day and age, there are so many different ways you can access those experts, right? Whether it's something like this that we're doing right now or on, you know, the social media channels or, you know, poking around on YouTube, lots of different possible ways to access expert advice. Yeah, undoubtedly, I suppose there are some wolves out there, aren't there? We've got to be slightly wary of uh, some of this advice. And, you know, I think the general rule is if it sounds too good to be true, it generally is. (laughs) It's a good one. Well said. Yeah. Yes, definitely. 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 If someone's promising you something that just, you know, if you look at your experience, doesn't sound possible, you're probably right. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. So, but seeking help, you know, it's something we probably do in our professional lives, isn't it? Seek out training and development and one thing or another. Then why not in our personal lives? If, if we've got a goal and we don't necessarily have all the tools at our disposal, then find somebody who does. And and so you and I have this in common that we love to help people to achieve this nirvana. I'm going to call it. Oh, <laughs> I like it. Yeah, yeah. Well, why not? Aim high. That's what I say. And live life to its fullest. And, and menopause, I said something the other day, what is it? Age is not a barrier. It's, it's a, I've forgotten what I actually said, to be perfectly honest, but it was really good at the time. Let age not be a barrier, but a bonus. There you go. It's a bonus. The, the, the fact that we are here in middle life and beyond is a bonus. And, and we really should honor that. You know, these bodies, honestly, when you start to dig beneath the surface and discover, like I know you have, because you're a, a qualified physician. I mean, it is absolutely mind blowing, isn't it? Truly, truly. And I love that you say that, Philippa, because it's so true. And I do believe that the more people learn about the miraculous things their body is doing on a millisecond to millisecond basis. I mean, it, it, it's like, it really, to me, engenders such a sense of gratitude and a de- desire to care for this amazing thing that lets us be here, quite literally, right? The quote, there's a great quote. I, I don't know who said it, but the quote is, if you don't take care of your body, where will you live? <laughs> Oh, that's awesome, isn't it? Yeah, quite. Oh dear, I'm going to be saying that now you've said that. So good, good. 
So, you know, we've given people uh, with your five essentials, we've really given them a, a focus, a, a destination that they're aiming for and, and some idea of what that might feel like when they get there. And of course, guidance is, uh, is sometimes the only way for us to, uh, to be able to step through that process uh, on our own if it's not familiar to us. But, uh, you know, you talked a little bit about that vision of vitality and why this is so important rather than, you know, the stick, I suppose, is the opposite to that, isn't it? This is a bit more like the carrot approach. It is a little bit more like the carrot approach. Yes. And, you know, there's, there's a saying I've heard a man named Simon Sinek. You've heard of him, right? He, one of the things he said as it pertains to business is people don't quote unquote, buy what you do. They buy why you do it. But I, but I think it's actually incredibly, maybe even more important when it comes to this area. We as individuals don't really buy what we do. We buy why we do it, right? The why that's underlying that get up early, put on the shoes, get dressed, go to the gym or whatever it is, right? Like that, you know, even for those of us who are deeply devoted to our health and vitality, it's not like every single day I want to chop vegetables. You know, it's, it's, I actually very rarely want to chop vegetables, but it doesn't matter. My why is much bigger than my want. It's just much bigger. It's, it's not even a conversation I give much airtime to. And, and I, I know you can very much relate. Oh, absolutely. And to be honest, I, I don't mind chopping vegetables, but that's probably because I've turned it into an opportunity. Cooking is is something I've done, you know, for many, many years from scratch without the aid of the packing. So, you know, whatever things that rustle. And it, it's really, really enjoyable when you get into it. But if, but if it's not, then it's a fabulous opportunity to listen to a podcast. So. Absolutely. And I am on board with you, Philippa. I do use my, my chopping time to either FaceTime with loved ones or a podcast, but yeah, bring in something that I can do at the same time for sure. Yeah. So there we go. But you know what people really want always without any exception, I think is a quick fix. So what I know that you know is the most common barrier that we could remove today, like right now. Go on, tell me. Well, there are a few, but I mean, the oh. number one is ourselves, right? But one of the biggest barriers to, you know, mastering this area of our lives is that there's this all or nothing approach. It's all in, all out. And that's something like the whole 30 and on day 31, people have, you know, a big pizza and a bottle of wine, right? That's like the all or nothing approach persona, you know, in living. And really the approach I invite people to step into is mastering their middle ground, mastering their middle ground. And that's actually a very different experience, right? Because the all or nothing approach fundamentally is overindulgence or deprivation, right? Those are the two options, overindulgence or deprivation. And the thing is, is that overindulgence and deprivation, those are both born of self-aggression. Neither of them 
at the after someone has overindulged, which is different than indulging, no, no one feels proud of themselves. Nobody feels good about themselves. And the same thing is true when they when people are feeling deprived, right? So those are broken, that all or nothing approach and that overindulgence or, de or deprivation. But really stepping into a whole new approach that's born of self-love, that's what it is to master one's middle ground. And it really does take something in this world that we live in where there are quick fix promises left and right. And, you know, there are a lot of images that were delivered that ultimately tell our brain the way we are isn't how we should be, right? And so we need to fix that as soon as possible. And it does take something to put the blinders on and have a conversation with yourself called what's a better game rather than what's a perfect game, just what's wow. a better game and start to be in that journey. What's a better game? What's a better, what's a better game? And when people put their blinders on and play that game in earnest, over time, it's like compounding interest. It's just, it's amazing what people are able to produce in the, in the way of how they feel, their experience, the number on the scale, their lab numbers. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I like that because this success begets success. And deprivation is really doomed to failure. And so that middle ground is change one thing, do one thing differently today and, and tomorrow. And then maybe there's another thing you can add to that. So this is a journey that some people have, have been on for a long time and, and you know, struggled for, for whatever reason. And so the thing that I'm always really keen to impress upon people is that not all food is equal. And so you've talked about the whole 30 and that is, you know, uh, taking it to the extreme, but, but essentially the things that we entertain in our bodies can be the thing that contributes to the failure. And so how do we get around change in how we view, for instance, thinking of certain things as treats that we, if we have that, it makes us feel good. This whole dopamine cycle and breaking into that, changing that palate so that we can appreciate things that haven't been through the factory. So what would, what would you say to that, please? Oh my goodness. There's a lot there. There's so much I could say. Yeah, no, but really great, great points, Philippa. You know, change does happen and it sometimes happens slowly, right? When it comes to changing the palate, I will say that change can happen pretty quickly. You know, and by pretty quickly, I mean two to three weeks. We know that, yeah, that's not long at all. Most people can do anything for two to three weeks. And and again, we're not talking about the hardcore full 30 approach in those two to three weeks, but you know, where I, where I have people start is, you know, when I work with people, I actually have them work off of a shared tracker. So a Google document where they track oh. their nutrition and I can see it real time. Um. And that way I can direct them towards their low hanging fruit. Right. Because everybody, I, I do, I like to ask people, what's your kryptonite, right? Do you have a kryptonite? Right. And, and people usually do know what their kryptonite is. But in that tracking exercise, 
we can see, okay, low radiant fruit that's going to produce spiral of benefits. Thinking about some of the people who I've worked with recently in, in, in their unique, you know, kind of low hanging fruit, there was one woman who was drinking about three Diet Cokes a day. So that was her low hanging fruit was like, okay, we have a few different ways we can go about this. And, and I am a big fan of collaborating to come up with the next step, right? Because if I'm prescribing, it's probably not going to be sustainable. But if you are playing a hand, you know, I'm advising and we're talking together about, okay, what do you feel like the, the next best step is? It's kind of like crossing the monkey bars, right? You might, I, I'm going to tell you like, okay, the monkey bars there, there, you know, there are a few monkey bars and, and you're going to tell me how long your arm is, right? And so then we know what, you know, where our next step is, right? But in that instance, we talked about, okay, we could do, you know, okay, you could go cold turkey, no Diet Coke. You could say, I only have Diet Cokes on these specific days. You could create a cap. Right. And this is a conversation I might have with someone around alcohol too, right? Mm -hmm. Stuff like this. But, but we don't, but we, what I really, in service of having the change be sustainable, we want to make sure it doesn't feel like punishment. And part of that is really having people get clear on what we talked about earlier, their vision of vitality, as if when they really get that their intention for their health and their life is like no drama it's actually dependent on making these changes it's a different thing right so for that woman it was diet coke and she actually initially had committed to okay i'm just gonna have diet coke on the weekends and then when we reconnected she was like no it's just easier for me to give it up altogether so she gave it up altogether and it took her about 10 to 14 days and the cravings were gone right so that, that's one example. Another thing that I will say that I see with some frequency is one of the ways we can cut cravings is to have people start their day off with a stable blood sugar, mm -hmm. right? And so eating a breakfast that has sufficient protein, some healthy fats, fine to have some nutrient-dense carbohydrates. That means they're either high in fiber or high in vitamins and minerals or a combination. Anything in that world is going to keep the blood sugar level stable versus doing something that is sugary or simple carb centric that's going to fundamentally get someone on the blood sugar roller coaster, which will lead to cravings all day long. Right. So, you know, that that is definitely a common place where I'm like, okay, let's go to work on the first thing you put in your body. Mm. It's not always even about managing weight, particularly around the time of menopause. You know, our digestive system is disrupted and playing us like a fiddle. And so, you know, taking a nutritional approach to managing digestive issues. I mean, it's, it's kind of the first place I would start anyway. Yeah, absolutely. No, nutrition can go a long way in cracking digestive conundrums for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And that's at the root of a lot of how we feel generally in ourselves. That that vitality that you talked about, that comes from within, doesn't it? It's and it shows on the it shows on the outside when you start to and people will say, you know, gosh, what have you been doing? Yes. Absolutely. It's really important for, for people to have an opportunity to explore 
different ways of thinking about lifestyle and how we can enhance this experience of, of, of life because let's face it, we only get one shot at it, don't we? Yeah, well, and I agree, you know, it's when we feel our best and we look our best, we can be our best. And that's just, to me, what it's all about. It really is. It totally is. Well, unless you've got anything else that you would had on your agenda to say, Dr. Jesse. No, that this no. has been wonderful. This has been so lovely, Philippa. Well, thank you. Uh, uh, so where, where can we find you? I mean, I know you're in Switzerland now. Yeah, but... In Lucerne. You, you can find me uh, at wellempowered.com. And for any of your listeners, if you are interested in exploring working together, whether that's one-on-one or one of my upcoming group collectives, please be t- sure to tell us where you heard about us because as a gift, you'll be receiving 10% off. So yeah, so you can feel free to schedule a complimentary consultation. That's good if you're interested in exploring working one-on-one or interested in exploring participating in a group. Either way, that's a great place to start. Also, social media at Well Empowered on Instagram is, is one of my big places. Okay, well, thank you so much for coming along and sharing some really great tips for how we can just continue to navigate this life that we're living. We're not necessarily equipped with all this, these skills ourselves. And so reaching out to somebody, it really can make all the difference. And, and I'm sure you've been changing lives for a long time now already. And, and, and we just feel so great when that happens. Don't absolutely. You, it makes my, makes my heart do backflips. Yeah, absolutely. It does. It's exactly why we're here. So. If you need help, if you think some support would be in order, then do by all means reach out to Dr. Jesse. And, and if movement is on your agenda, then you know where I am at Precision Limited. I'm, I'm online and I'm attainable to, by the power of technology, visit you in your own home. And, and to make movement magic, I, I just feel so fantastic every day when I do this stuff. And it doesn't have to be hard and it, you don't even have to sweat most of the time. <laughs> we are here to help you to live your best life and to come along and have some fun. That's the other thing. It's fun, isn't it? You know? Absolutely. Yeah, we like to have fun. Well, thank you again so much for your time. It's been wonderful to chat. And we'll say goodbye for now. Take care. Have a wonderful Thanks rest of so your day. Uh, such a such a treat. Thank you. Take care. Bye now. Bye. Bye.